0: Offices in Media City, Dubai. This is the UAE Tech Podcast, a product of Alba Weber Group. Podcast sponsors receive EDM promotion, distribution across all major podcast networks, and publication on Alba Weber Business. Gold and Silver sponsors receive a six month Pro Plus account on Signal Presswire. Go to bit.ly, that's bit.ly forward slash sponsor UAE Tech Podcast for more information.
1: I think the vibe that Israelis have experienced in going to Dubai for the first time has been, how can I say it, it's been uniformly positive. You know, when Israelis first thought of the opportunity to go to the UAE, they were blinded by by the glamour of Dubai as a city and blinded by the glamour of the local market. I think when Israelis came to Dubai in very, very large numbers, we're talking 50 to 70,000 people in December alone, There was a real recognition that Dubai in and of itself, while it may be an interesting market and while the UAE might be an interesting market, Dubai is a hub from which to target the entire region, the entire Middle Eastern region, the South Asian region, and even further afield uh, in Asia really represents a unique opportunity. Israeli companies in the past tried to serve the region from either Tel Aviv or from offices in, for example, Singapore or Hong Kong have now come to recognize that the UAE in and of itself may be the ideal location from which to target those markets. And that has led a lot of Israeli companies, trading companies, technology companies, project companies to hone in on Dubai as a base or as a regional headquarters from which to expand throughout the region. And that that wasn't their first impression or that wasn't their first expectation, but it's certainly where most people's attention is now focused. I recently spoke to a cyber company that does a lot of business in East Asia. And for years, they managed that business from Hong Kong. Now, Hong Kong's quite a bit of a distance from Tel Aviv and Hong Kong has become a very difficult market in which to operate over the past couple of years. Protests, lockdowns, and other other things. That cyber company, they told me when I spoke to them uh, earlier this week that they intend to set up a massive operation in Dubai and to begin putting their own resources, their own personnel, but also to hire there as a way to target the rest of the region. That's, you know, that's one of the unexpected developments for this company that I think for many, many others who came to JITEX and saw, wow, this is a place where people from throughout the region congregate and there's no reason not to use it as such. Let's not look at it just as a market in its own right. Let's look at it as a, a base or a staging ground from which to target the entire region.
0: One of the stereotypes of the Middle East is that things don't always happen that quickly here. Entrepreneurs in the Levant and GCC are often frustrated that their peers in the West can take advantage of regulations and infrastructure they don't have access to, or simply get stuff done more quickly. Of course, it's not that simple. But there is a sense that business depends on building firm relationships and a lot of diligence before any ink is signed, and sometimes that can take years. And then in September of last year, The UAE signed a peace deal with Israel, and since then I think it's fair to say we've seen a different way of doing things. Even during the crisis of COVID-19, tens of thousands of Israeli tourists and innovators have visited the UAE, working on every kind of project you can think of. The UAE's main technology conference, GTEx, devoted a whole theatre to the Future Digital Economy Summit. A prominent Israeli tech investor and co-founder of the UAE-Israel Business Council, Dorian Barrack rejoins the podcast to provide high-level insights into our relationship that is very much on fast forward.
1: Progress over the last few months is far 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 more than we could have ever anticipated when this whole thing began. In terms of the number of Israelis coming to the UAE the number of business ventures we see people trying to get off the ground, the, the baby steps people are making towards real collaboration, the institution building, whether it be organizations like the UAE Israel Business Council, which I founded with Jerusalem's deputy mayor, Flor Hassan Nahum, uh, all kinds of tech forums that have been established between the Emirati tech community and Israelis, collaboration on cultural on cultural matters, uh, and of course, it extends to every field in which you'd expect Israelis to be active in on the commercial and technological side, from agritech, water, cyber, and many, many other areas. So it's, it's much more than we ever anticipated it would become, at least so quickly.
0: Despite or perhaps because of the global pandemic, an estimated 50,000 Israelis have flown to the UAE for a holiday or business trip since November with local hotels reporting 70 to 90% capacity over the Christmas period, partly because of this. So what impact has that had? And how are commercial ties evolving behind the scenes?
1: The UAE-Israel Business Council was founded in June of 2020, which means several months even before the peace agreement uh, happened. Following the signing of the Abraham Accords, UAE-Israel business ties and ties across the board have really blossomed in a way that It was everyone's dream that it would would advance in this way. And today, the Business Council itself has over 3,000 members, people who have actually registered for our content and for our website and for our various fora that we've sponsored. We're talking about executives, investors, institutions, companies, people looking to do business in Israel, people looking to do business in the UAE. A lot of people have joined out of curiosity, but a lot of people have joined because they have very, very... Kind of practical, tangible business initiatives they want to work on with people from the other side. And this extends from, you know, joint ventures and MOUs like those we saw we saw signed between uh, Mekorot, Israel's national water carrier, and counterparts in the Gulf. Uh, Israel's Fluence Corporation, which is one of the leading water tech companies here, entered into a groundbreaking MOU with the Al-Shirawi Group. Which owns clear water solutions to bring the best of Israeli desalination and wastewater treatment um, to the UAE. And we've also seen a lot of companies in the fintech space establish relationships. There's a fund that's managed from really down the street from where I live in Ranana, which is in some ways one of Israel's most thriving technology hubs. Uh, you've had a fund here called uh, Maniv Mobility, excuse me, that invested in an Emirati. Um, micro mobility solution i think that's what you call it it's a it's a scooter company an electric scooter company Hmm. you've had all kinds of events which i think you're aware of uh, in in addition to
0: so focusing in on technology are there any deals in particular that may give a sense of things to come dorian mentioned one in particular in the water sector
1: the mou between fluence and al-shirawi is about first of all um Uh, Clearwater Solutions, part of the Al-Shirawi group, has really strong technological capabilities, but they're also very good at project management. Mm -hmm. Fluent is primarily a technology company. They offer mobile wastewater management and desalination projects, and they've done thousands of projects all over the world, from Africa and also some places in the Middle East to China, where they're very, very active, North America and South America. They signed up the MOU with Al-Shirawi, having looked at a number of potential suitors because they felt that Al-Shirawi was really a good partner for targeting the greater Middle East region, South Asia, as you know, Dubai is really a gateway, uh, maybe the most important gateway for someone entering from outside to the Indian subcontinent. And uh, Affluence is a huge opportunity here. Affluence, by the way, is a US-based, Israeli-born and bred uh, technology provider that, is actually a roll-up of many companies in the water and water technology space that is public on the Australian Stock Exchange, has a management team in the US, has a very, very you know broad and deep management platform in China and is now focusing on the Middle East as its next major area of growth. So I think that's gonna be very, very successful. If you ask me, of all the projects the U.A. Israel Business Council has supported and and, and brought together, that's the one I'm most proud of.
0: It's perhaps tempting to play devil's advocate. Are things moving too fast? Where is the roadmap or CBM's confidence-building measures to keep this relationship blossoming over the decades ahead? Actually, something more energetic and creative might be happening between the UAE and Israel, particularly in tech, even if it's much harder to predict or model.
1: One of the great strengths of the Israeli... Let's called technology ecosystem and technology ecosystems are built on individuals more than they are on specific technologies one of the great and most important attributes of the community here is that it is it, it is one that travels very very easily israelis see an opportunity they first get on the plane and start to diligence the opportunity to start to develop it and later they let the pieces fall into place uh, if you could contrast that perhaps with the german approach which is to plan it well in advance um, Define very well your end goals, and then work towards those. The Israelis operate in the opposite way. To borrow a consulting uh, expression, Israelis like to boil the ocean of opportunities and see what what sticks. So one tangible example I can give is Mekorot, which is the Israeli national water company. They do a lot of state projects, either as an integrator or as a direct uh, a direct implementer. They've actually signed up a big um, a big project for brackish water in Bahrain. And I spoke to the CEO a couple of months ago in Dubai, and I said to him, exactly what are you looking to do? And he said, look, I want everyone to know who we are, to understand our capabilities, and then we're going to wait. And the right things will present themselves. And just as we've targeted Nigeria or Kenya or other markets, India, people got to know us, they understood our capabilities. And then a few months later, the phone started ringing with real opportunities. That's how we intend to function here in the region. And we've seen that. We actually saw it happen with, with their project in Bahrain. We're seeing a number of Israeli companies reaching out to Emiratis that have been involved in large-scale water projects. As you know, the Emirati projects tend to be really high-end. Companies like Siemens, like uh, Suez, these are the kind of companies that have typically been successful in the UAE. Those those projects took a long time before they actually happened. It wasn't as if they just turned it on, they sent out a business development professional and opportunities came immediately. So I think the Israelis are adopting a similar approach, which is to, you know, to get out there, to begin presenting themselves, and they're waiting for the right opportunities to hit. We're seeing this in other areas as well. Agriculture is a, is a field, it's, a, it's project-driven, there's very long sales cycles, uh, a number of very large and significant Israeli ag companies have already established offices in the UAE, either in partnership with others or on their own. And they're waiting for you know, either for tenders to come about or for, or for partners, local companies in the UAE who have you know, specific development needs to turn to them and say, okay, we know you. We've been talking for some time. Let's move ahead. Whether it's a greenhouse um, or a water-saving solution for agriculture, desert agriculture is something that Israelis are very, very good at. And I think that this is only gonna grow over the course of the next year. Maybe the hype and initial excitement will fade away a bit. as as it does in all relationships but something much more substantive and real will be built over the coming years.
0: Analysts often discuss the UAE-Israel relationship as economic or interest-driven. Fair enough. But for business ties to really take off, won't a relationship between peoples also be necessary? The answer is yes. And in fact, that already seems to be happening.
1: All business at the end of the day is personal, is built on personal relationships. It's, it tends, people, people very often look at business relationships as being purely institutional, but at the end of the day, I think most of them are, are very personal. And from that perspective, we can say that COVID has been a godsend for the Israeli-UAE relationship. <laughs> the, and the UAE is gonna be one of the countries that comes out of this most quickly. As, as is Israel, we've vaccinated approximately 20% of the population, which is which is a very, very fast pace. And the UAE is one of the few places that Israelis can travel. So companies that are intent on new business development, on forging new ties, they're almost forced to focus on the UAE as a, potent, as a new market. And that's driven a lot of this. Certainly as the world opens up, people are gonna settle down and say, actually, where are the opportunities? And as my colleague, um, Ariella Steinrich has, has mentioned, there really is a fear that we'll overextend ourselves and we'll, we'll expect too much and there will be a lot of disappointments. I'm less concerned about that because having been in the tech sector for a long time, I know that I know that these initial relationships, they take time to blossom. So the fact that the seeds are sown quite early and that over the next month you're still going to see a lot of Israelis flying to the UAE and to Bahrain and to Morocco at the expense of, of many other areas where they, where they would ordinarily be active, you're gonna see the fruits of that. It's actually gonna to lead to real deals happening. And I think at the same time, as Emiratis begin to come here, which I think is critical for this relationship to really take off, they'll have a much greater sense of comfort with working with Israelis. And you know, it's one thing to meet an entrepreneur who visits you in the UAE and talks about his capabilities. It's a very different thing when you visit him at the offices, see the capabilities firsthand, Visit test sites, and begin actually <clears throat> working on POCs. You know, that that it's that is going to that's going to have that's going to be a tremendous accelerator of the relationship. So I'm waiting for the Emiratis to arrive here. There's now a visa regime, as you say, in place that kind of facilitates that movement of people. And with the Israelis having having taken the first steps, I think you're going to see Emiratis reciprocating, and the and the result of that is going to be real business ties.
0: What are the strategic advantages for Israeli businesses in opening up an office in the UAE? And over the past few months, has a more strategic first-hand sense of how the UAE can augment access to the rest of the world began to emerge inside Israel?
1: You raise a very good point, which is, you know, Dubai itself is a business hub. I think while Israelis initially thought, wow, this is a great new market for us to sell our products, to locate investors, to begin, you know, implementing projects with local partners. I think there's been a realization among the Israelis that really the great promise of Dubai is as a staging ground, as a regional hub where they can target other regions as well. So, you know, much of the business in Dubai is not strictly speaking related to Dubai. When you go to when you go to Munich, you're really focusing on German business. When you go to Chicago, you're focusing on, on the United States. When you go to Dubai, you're not necessarily focusing on the UAE. You're also focusing on South Asia, the greater Middle East projects in the region, even much of East African businesses conducted in and through Dubai. And I think Israelis have come around, especially with the, the recent travel, to realize that there's a huge opportunity for Israelis to view Dubai as a staging ground for their businesses elsewhere in the world. With COVID having you know, caused the shutdown of many Israeli foreign headquarters, Singapore, Hong Kong, elsewhere in South Asia, a lot of those businesses or a lot of those offices, those outposts have contracted over the past year. I think as Israelis kind of recalibrate when, when, COVID, when the COVID threat passes, you're gonna find many Israelis who say, maybe Dubai is the right place for us to manage these overseas operations and not in Singapore and Hong Kong in more challenging, you know, more distant places. So you're gonna see Dubai or the UAE function on two, on two fronts. First of all, as an end market in its own right, but a relatively small market. But secondly, and maybe more importantly, in my opinion, definitely more importantly, as a, as a headquarters for Israeli businesses targeting the region. And I think you're going to see more and more Israeli businesses, as you mentioned, incorporating themselves uh, in the UAE, setting up local businesses, finding local partners, and through them, targeting regions outside the Middle East altogether.
0: Focusing on feedback and opinion from inside Israel, what is the vibe? How positive are the tech and entrepreneurship community in regard to the UAE and the opportunities that could take place between the two countries going forwards?
1: I think the vibe that Israelis have experienced in going to Dubai for the first time has been, how can I say it? It's been uniformly positive.
0: You know, when Israelis
1: first thought of the opportunity to go to the UAE, they were blinded by, by the glamour of Dubai as a city and blinded by the glamour of the local market. I think when Israelis came to Dubai in very, very large numbers, we're talking 50 to 70,000 people in December alone, there was a real recognition that Dubai in and of itself, while it may be an interesting market and while the UAE might be an interesting market, Dubai is a hub from which to target the entire region, the entire Middle Eastern region, the South Asian region, and even further afield uh, in Asia really represents a unique opportunity israeli companies that in the past tried to serve the region from either tel aviv or from offices in for example singapore or hong kong have now come to recognize that the uae in and of itself may be the ideal location from which to target those markets and that has led a lot of israeli companies trading companies technology companies project companies to hone in on dubai as a base or as a regional headquarters from which to expand throughout the region and that, that wasn't their first impression or that wasn't their first expectation, but it's certainly where most people's attention is now focused. I recently spoke to a cyber company that does a lot of business in East Asia. And for years, they managed that business from Hong Kong. Now Hong Kong's quite a bit of a distance from Tel Aviv and Hong Kong has become a very difficult market in which to operate over the past couple of years. Protests, lockdowns and other and other things. That cyber company, they told me when I spoke to them uh, earlier this week, that they intend to set up a massive operation in Dubai and to begin putting their own resources, their own personnel, but also to hire there as a way to target the rest of the region. That's, you know, that's one of the unexpected developments for this company that I think for many, many others who came to JITEC and saw, wow, this is a place where people from throughout the region congregate and there's no reason not to use it as such. Let's not look at it just as a market in its own right, Let's look at it as a a base, a staging ground from which to target the entire region.
0: Both the UAE and Israel are currently leading in vaccinations and have been two of the only regional economies to be relatively open since COVID-19 emerged last year. Here in Dubai, the Expo is also a major event in 2021, which is concentrating all the energies of the public and private sector, and in a way serves as a global platform for the country as a whole. So what role might events like the Expo and other conferences play in accelerating the UAE-Israel relationship?
1: I think the Expo is going to be in some ways kind of the, the coming out event for Israeli companies that are looking to set up operations both in the UAE but also their first contact with many companies and many people that would otherwise not make their way to Tel Aviv. So I think the Expo in and of itself is going to be a super important conference or a super important initiative or event. I mean, it's it's not a conference in the sense that it, it lasts for a long time. But if you take that together with other conferences and other initiatives that happen in the UAE on an annual basis, like the annual DIWA conference on water and energy technology, I think it's called WeTech. you're going to see a lot of Israelis use those as platforms for, for really introducing themselves to markets and to people that they otherwise would never have had contact
0: with. Big events are great, but sometimes small gatherings can also have an outsized impact. Before the call, Dorian mentioned a group connecting Israeli and Emirati businesswomen in the tech industry. I asked how that was going. So we have a
1: series of women related events, women in technology, women in finance, uh, events scheduled currently for February and March of this year for the first quarter. Which will bring female entrepreneurs and professionals together in, a, in an all-female setting to explore opportunities to work together. And I think that's going to be, that's going to be a very, very important uh, opportunity for Israelis to interact with women from the region whom they otherwise would never get to meet. We also have a number of specific industry-focused events planned for February and March, one on water, one on energy, and one on food technology, which are going to allow Israeli companies and people active in the sector to interact with Emiratis and also people from outside the Emirates, uh, who make the Emirates their home or do business in the UAE, uh, to interact with each other and build those relationships, which, as we mentioned earlier, are so critical uh, to future collaboration. The head of the UAE Israel Business Council's Women's Initiative is Fleur Hassan Nahum, and together with another woman named Justine Zwirling who have been very, very active on women's initiatives here in Israel, specifically around technology. Their activities have actually, they've created an online community of women in tech uh, that includes now several dozen members. And I know know from speaking to them that they actually have some specific initiatives and some specific business opportunities that they've given birth to that I think are going to have, uh, that I think are planting the seeds for future cooperation as well.
0: Finally, for those looking for more information on the progress of UAE-Israel business relations, I asked Dorian where you should look.
1: The UAE-Israel Business Council on our website is www.uaisraelbusiness.com. We have a member section where you can sign up and receive alerts from us. Uh, We have a very active member community. We have a newsletter which we send out monthly, which covers current, you know, ongoing events and new initiatives that we're planning. It's a great way to learn about what's going on. We have a whole community of volunteers and, and full time professionals that are working on bridging between the U.A. and Israel. And, and the main forum they use for that is the, the council's website and newsletter, which comes out, as I mentioned, monthly, and is a great resource for anyone interested in learning about what's going on, and looking to participate in specific events.
0: Well, 2020 was a tough year for everyone. It was a tough year in the UAE and in Israel. So here's hoping 2021 is a great year for, for both countries and, and everyone working on, on you know new opportunities. Dorian Barak, thank you so much for your time today.
1: John, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to speak to you.
0: To sponsor an episode of the UAE Tech Podcast, visit bit.ly, that's bit.ly forward slash sponsor UAE Tech Podcast for more information.